Whenever we cover UFOs or UAP stories, there always seems to be an extra element of credibility when the story is coming from somebody from the military. But is that the same case when it comes to sea monster stories? Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal podcast. My name is Kaylee and I'm joined by my co-ghost, Oshin. Hello. What's the crack, Oshin? How are you today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, all in one piece. That's good. Usually that's how you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is where I expect it to be. Very good. How are your bees? People want to update on your oh, bees. Um, update on the bees. Uh, the bees could be a lot better. Mm. So yeah, maybe, maybe the curse has actually finally struck. Oh, I hope not. That would suck if it if it affected it your would. bees. I like. I would be fine if it affected know, you, I, but the bees. Yeah, I'm feeling that. That's how I feel about it. You know, <laughs> take me, not them. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully they'll be better soon. I planted a lot of flowers in my garden specifically for bees. So if anybody out there is, is listening, do the same. Help the bees. And uh, yeah. it's all Ashin's fault for cursing bees. No, no, that's not true. That is true. That's exactly what happened. You, that's you, not what you put a Japanese curse on your bees. Nani. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> today in the podcast, there actually is like some Japanese relevance in this episode. So interesting. <laughs> Today in the podcast, I have two sea monster stories that originate from the U.S. and German military uh, that depict some pretty terrifying sea monsters that are probably amongst the most credible I have ever heard anyway, because it's so hard with sea monsters um, to, to actually find credi- cred- credible witnesses. But this is These are pretty amazing. I think you're going to love them. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but anything that's like military or like spooky... I feel like you love it. Maybe. maybe that, that, that's uh, maybe an accurate portrayal of it. There's also an explosion, and I feel like you like explosions too. Uh, I do. <laughs> as much as one person is legally allowed to say. Yeah. So, when you think of a sea monster, Oshin, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, gonna be like a long neck plesiosaur type, mm. just because I love him. Yeah, that's fair. But for me, it's probably like serpents attacking like those old sailing ships with like pirate-looking men fighting them with harpoons. Yeah, no. As, as soon as you asked me, like the first thing in my head was like, "Oh yeah, long neck." Yeah. And then it was like kraken. Yeah, yeah, kraken. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, the thing with the kraken is though, because of the, the giant squid. I mean, that's basically proven true. So like, yes, it's, it's not <laughs> even like paranormal anymore. That's just like terrifying stuff that has happened. <laughs> do you have? Do you know the uh, like the super deep squid the one that has like the elbows and it just like oh, the big long yeah. oh, the drift the one that like T-poses with all its arms and just floats around at the bottom yeah. picking things up oh yeah Ooh, that thing for so long out. it's terrifying it's even more terrifying now for so long everyone thought that that's how it fed it would just like drift and things would like get caught in its tentacles and it'd be like okay time to eat these yeah a video came have you seen the video of it hunting I have seen the video of it yeah the one where it kind of like <laughs> launches itself it's whipping around yep. like whoa <laughs> it's good stuff <laughs> That is scary stuff. Like It really is. I swear I didn't have a fear of the ocean until we started doing this podcast. <laughs> now I'm just scared of everything yeah. in the ocean. But yeah, when I picture like I picture old ships and like old cases. But the oldest mm-hmm. of these two stories that I'm about to tell take took place during World War One. So I think it was like nineteen fifteen that this happened. Okay. And is commonly known as the U twenty eight creature. Now, this story begins with a military engagement between the U-28 boat, or the U-Boat 28, which was a German boat, and the British steamer Iberian. 
And the encounter was recorded by the U-Boat 28's commander, Friar George G. von Forstern, in a log. And he wrote, On July 30th, 1950, our U-28 torpedoed the British steamer Iberian, which was carrying a rich cargo across the North Atlantic. So this takes place in the North Atlantic. The steamer sank so swiftly that its bow struck almost vertically into the air. Moments later, the hull of the Iberian disappeared. The wreckage remained beneath the water for approximately 25 seconds at a depth that was clearly impossible to assess, when suddenly there was a violent explosion, which shot pieces of debris, amongst them a giant aquatic animal, out of the water to a height of approximately 80 feet. What? Yes. (laughs) At that moment... I had with me the conning tower six of my officers of the watch, including the chief engineer, the navigator, and the helmsman. Simultaneously, we all drew one another's attention to the wonder of the seas, which was writhing and struggling amongst the debris. We were unable to identify the creature, but all of us agreed that it resembled an aquatic crocodile, which was about 60 feet long, with four limbs resembling large webbed feet, a long pointed tail, and a head which also tapered to a point. Unfortunately, we were not able to take a photograph for the animal sank out of sight after 10 or 15 seconds. That's his account of what happened. Excuse me. The German's account. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) That's a wild uh, description. It's it's a wild claim altogether, isn't it? (laughs) Because when you you were saying, like, uh, the, the crocodile type head, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, logically what could this be you know there's that one whale and it has like a tapered head a, like a sperm whale has a long mouth and I was like is it, could it be something like that it's like no not at all no they describe it as kind of like a crocodile type thing aquatic crocodile yeah. Um, yeah so the German ship torpedoed a British steamer ship and there was a second explosion when the water when the boat was underneath the water uh, I presume that's something like the water hitting the boilers or something, something like that I assume I'm not a I'm not an expert on boats but I assume something exploded in the second boat um, yeah. from the water and an actual sea monster was launched 80 feet <laughs> into the air and it was witnessed needed, like. by like a whole bunch of the crew and they watched it struggle and like dying in the water before it disappeared and it looks like and a it crocodile. had legs it, it had like like fins like webbed feet is how they described it Four limbs. Yeah, that, that's another bit that makes me go, maybe not a whale. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think whales are. Well, whales can be bigger than that, though, can't they? I suppose. But um, yes, it's a strange but account. Yeah. So from this account, it almost sounds like a mosasaur, mosasaurus, mosasaurus, a mosasaurus sighting, uh, which is the you know the creature from Jurassic World, the big thing that jumps out of the water. I actually haven't seen Jurassic World, but I know the one. It was in the trailer. Yeah, it's in it's in like all the promotional stuff. For it. He like jumps straight up. Yeah, I mean they're not actually that. They weren't actually that big when they were alive. Like Jurassic World, like made it really, really <laughs> way bigger than what it was. Although I think it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like genetically engineered in the movie. But that's the thing that that's what it looks like. Normally they would be about like eighteen meters, which is about sixty feet, which is like what they described uh, in the German boat. So. <laughs> It's just wild to me that this thing got blasted out of the water with the boat. So does that mean like when the Whoa. boat sank, that the creature swam over the boat and then there was an explosion oh, that blasted it into the air? Maybe because like the boat went down really deep, right? It went. It was underneath the water for about twenty-five seconds. They said they didn't say how deep it went, but it was deep enough. 
But it, like by their description, it sank quite quickly. Yes. Yeah. So it was on its way down. Maybe this thing was there, like, hmm, time... To, like, you know, like, there's a whale fall and suddenly, like, the whole sea, like, sea floor and all the guys come around and they're like, hmm, we're going to have a munch on this whale. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like, like that. <laughs> they're like, hmm, free dinner, free dinner. <laughs> it was extra spicy. <laughs> what are the chances, though? <laughs> like, it's just such <laughs> a funny account. Um, <laughs> there is also a conspiracy theory online that I read that uh, some people think that the British boat was actually carrying the sea monster on board <gasps> which is kind wow. of hilarious to me to be honest like I love the idea that England is not only stealing artifacts from other countries they're stealing cryptids and sea monsters <laughs> too like they have some sort of British Museum Jurassic Park somewhere in the world oh. <laughs> to be fair that is a serious like British Empire concept <laughs> it really is I totally picture them doing something like that um, I love that conspiracy well, that the British had it on board and it exploded out of the out of the boat instead of like swimming <laughs> over it or something. I, I have two things to say. First of all, you know, if you're going to have a ship or, or a submarine for this case, give it a cool name, not just a number. <laughs> it, it's it's badass. But then the other thing I was going to say, um, if I ever had a ship, like, you know, a battleship or whatever, it would be called Rolling Thunder. What if this sinking of a ship was only the cover up what if they were trying to like actually go out and kill this creature have you ever Ooh. seen like you know the 19 or not 19 uh, the 2014 yeah like the the American reboot of Godzilla I don't know actually I don't think I have and seen that one. Oh no maybe I have it, it's the one with Brian Cranston the opening credits is like all these like newspaper clippings and all this but it's also intercut with like the testing of the atomic bomb on like Bikini Atoll yeah and it's it, it like it's actually their they're trying it, to kill the Americans Godzilla. attempt to wipe out Godzilla oh my god and like you know the bomb even has like a, a, a like Ghostbusters like crossed out Godzilla on it oh my god that is excellent <laughs> oh. <laughs> little did they know they were only making him stronger maybe maybe that's what they were trying to do the British were trying to train these prehistoric <laughs> these prehistoric animals to attack during the war yes <laughs> the Germans were having is... none of it that is the war that I want to see. Actually, no, I don't want to see any war. But if you were going to, if you like, how cool would it be? Not now, but I mean, like, In to fiction, discover that maybe. it actually was fought out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do love that idea, though. I think it's a funny conspiracy theory. But I mean, any of it's hilarious. The the idea of something just happens to be swimming over a boat that explodes is hilarious, and the idea that the British were, <laughs> were transporting this thing is also hilarious. Folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider helping us out by checking out our Patreon. We are an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else. Literally everything we do is by ourselves. We record, edit, do everything ourselves for the podcast. So any small amount of money that really, really does help us keep the podcast going. It helps us upgrade our equipment, helps us keep the cost of the podcast running, which costs us a certain amount every month. And every little really does help us keep going. So thank you so much. And if you are already a Patreon, thank you so much for helping us. All right, so... That was an explosive sighting that p- took place in 1915. Let's on. Let's mm-hmm. move on to our next sighting, which takes place in July 1965. I think this one's much, okay. much more reputable, in my opinion. So this sea monster sighting actually took place in a submarine, and it was reported by another submarine. Yes. Well, the other one wasn't actually uh, in the water. The other one was at, at the surface. You know. Oh yeah. This yeah, one is actually yeah. in the water submarine. It's they were submerged. at torpedo depth. Yeah. It was reported by American Navy officer Captain Marvin McCamus, who was a highly respected and decorated officer in the Navy. He received a Meritorious Service Award in 1966 
for recovering a hydrogen bomb that was lost in the Mediterranean Sea. Which is insane. Hold up. <laughs> they lost hydrogen. You would I be shocked they've, 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 how many bombs lost they the lose. Bomb. They lose a lot of bombs. Isn't there like some atomic bombs that have gone missing before? Well, that's what a hydrogen bomb is. Well, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but <laughs> this one's lost at sea. I mean, like, they've just lost them. <laughs> There's a terrifying amount of, like, oh, it's, atomic material that's gone missing. Yeah, yeah, it is actually so scary. So from 1966 to 1977, he held the position of research associate in the Navy. And adding to his credibility is the fact that he also wrote several scientific publications. So he's a well-decorated man. He's well-respected in the Navy. He also worked with Bob Ballard, um, who is a professor of oceanography. And he worked with the National Geographic. And he was the person who discovered the wreck of the Titanic in 1985. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so a very creditable man, knows a lot about the ocean. Uh, he sadly passed away in 2004, but he left us with this wonderful story, an account of this deep sea spectacle. So Captain Marvin McCamus, along with Captain Bill Rainey, were sent down in a submarine to check out the listening array called Artemis. And they were in a very deep part uh, of the Bahamas, known as the Tongue of the Ocean. If you look at it on a map, it's insane. It's just like this really deep crevice in the ocean. In the ocean. According to McCamus, the submersible was about 150 sorry, 1,500 meters underwater when they descended about another 90 meters. They were following a cable that spanned a crevice and they began to notice some movement. McCamus first thought that the sub was drifting along the cable but realized that it was the object itself that was moving and not their sub. So swinging around the submersible in an arc, he observed what he first thought was a utility pole. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because we covered another story where somebody saw a utility poles sticking yeah. out of the ocean. So this is uh, McCamus's actual account. Okay. I was astonished to see a thick body with flippers, a long neck, and snake-like head with two eyes looking right at us. It looked like a big lizard with flippers. It had two sets of them. Then, then it swam upwards with its back turned before we could get the cameras angled. We were set to photograph 15 to 25 feet in front of the submarine, and the thing had already swam out of the camera angle, but was still around. So they saw a long creature with a long neck, flippers, yes, <laughs> a snake-like head, and two eyes looking at them. It's one of them. One of the boys. It's one of the boys. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, the shock of this encounter compelled McCamus to return to the surface. So they went straight back up to the surface after this. They were freaked out. And when they arrived on the surface, uh, they had no proof at all, and they were kind of laughed off the deck by the other officers for it. But he went ahead and he wrote his sighting into the wet log of the boat, um, but he believed that it was actually deleted by the Navy, and thus it never appeared in the final log. So his log of it had actually been removed. And he's, he's done like three to 400 undersea dives before, he said, uh, but he'd never seen anything mm -hmm. similar to this before. So what do you think it is? Do you think what do you think it sounds like by the description? It's one of them long neck types. <laughs> it's uh, one of those very like they always get described the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a ple was it plesiosaurus? <laughs> I think it's a plesiosaur. Yeah, I, that's the one I use anyway. You know, that's what we it's keep one calling in, like, it. Like everyone says, <laughs> Nessie B, and you know, there's it shows up the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this one is in. It's the one that like art. Arthur Conan Doyle was seeing that one. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it is like the plesiosaurus that like people describe Nessie as being, 
which is actually pretty mm. interesting because recently they found some remains of a plesiosaur in freshwater uh, rivers for the first time ever. Oh. They were assumed to be a saltwater uh, creature, and lots of people are like, oh, it's Nessie. Because <laughs> 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 that was one of the main arguments, is that Nessie was a, was a freshwater uh, plesiosaur. That mm-hmm. didn't make any sense, but now they have fossils of them in freshwater, so... Mm? It's all shaping up. Exactly. Plesiosaur fossils have also been observed with the effects of decompression syndrome. So it indicates that they have undergone repetitive and prolonged dives. So they do believe, like paleontologists do believe that they were capable of diving really deep. And that's how they kind of fished sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't really know how deep. They can't really agree on how deep that they used to go. But it is possible that they would be in deep parts of the ocean. They would need mm-hmm. to resurface, but there's a chance that they might not need to resurface for, you know, two or three days even. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're a big fella. Yeah, exactly. So it's possible they're just really, really deep down there in the crevice of the ocean. <laughs> we just never find them. Uh, it's like one of the theories for the Loch Ness is that there's loads of little caves in underneath the, the, the water, like really deep down because it's a really deep loch. But there's actually ca- little cave systems, and they're just they're just living in these little caves down there. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes more sense than the one of like tunnels to the sea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that would be great, but why would they keep coming back? <laughs> it's like I know more yeah. fish in the sea, right? What I love about this sighting is that it's not just the head that somebody's seeing. Like most of the time, you hear of a plesiosaur sighting, it's like the head just sticking out of the water, or like the humps of the back. But this is like the whole thing. It's not like a misidentification it turns of something out to be like else. a whale penis. Yeah. It's normally either like a, uh, an eel or something like that that's been misidentified. But this is like, they saw the whole body, you know? Then the military covered it up. <laughs> yeah, they deleted it from the wet log. <laughs> but I can't blame them. Like, it's a bit wild. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Why would you delete it? It's weird that they deleted it. I've sent you... It changes everything. I've sent you a picture of a drawing of what they, they said that they saw as well. Okay, yes. You see the little, little submarine. Cute submarine picture. Yeah, yeah, it is a cute little submarine. Submarines were invented in Ireland, weren't they? Did I misread they that? They were, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they were. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Oshin, have you ever heard of the Zuyo Maru carcass? No, not as much that. Like, I might have heard it once yeah. and then forgotten about it. I don't know. I couldn't like tell you. About well, it. if you ever hear about it again, you're gonna you're gonna remember it. This is one of those stories that I first read when I was a kid, and I was obsessed with it. This is just like do you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me talking about it, but the uh, the Montauk monster. I was obsessed with the Montauk monster when I was a kid. It's, it's a very similar thing, yeah. just a creature's body washing okay. up. So this happened in the year 1977, and was just off the coast of New Zealand. Uh, these Japanese fishing trawler, the Zuyo Maru. <laughs> was fishing deep in the water. They were, I think they were fishing for mackerel. When they pulled on board something they were not expecting, they managed to capture a giant rotting carcass of some sort of creature. So they had no idea what it was. It was far too decomposed for them to really tell what the creature was. The crew were convinced it was some Id- unidentified animal. But despite the potential biological significance uh, of the curious discovery, the captain... Akira Tanaka decided to dump the carcass back into the ocean again so as not to risk spoiling the fish that they had caught. However, before that, some photos and sketches were taken of the creature. Nicknamed Nessie by the crew, uh, the measurements were taken <laughs> and some samples of the skeleton, skin, and fins were collected so that they could be analyzed when they returned to Japan. This is the picture that was taken. Oh my god. Yeah. 
What do you make of that, Oshin? <laughs> it was 33 feet long and weighed about 4,000 pounds. Wow. Yep. It looks horrific. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it just it looks like a mess I'm, of skin and bone, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a tough time trying to discern what it could be. But, like, you know, that's me classically. Like, yeah. oh, I'll be able to figure it out. Like, no one's figured it out <laughs> Yeah, since, I mean, like. that's what I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing whenever I'm trying to solve, like, a... a a hard puzzle online or something. I'm like, no, I just look at it different than everyone else. <laughs> it's just a human response, but we're all we all think the same. Yeah, I'm like I know exactly what this is now. Give me a minute. Hmm, is there like pe- people have been trying to figure this one out since the 70s? Like experts. Like, yeah, but not with my head on. So if you look at, it, you can see kind of like a long neck, uh, what looks like a head on the end, and then like flippers on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like generally believed to be like a plesiosaur when you look at it. I hope so. So some Japanese scientists immediately confirmed that it was a plesiosaur just from looking at the picture. Yes. Which kind of sparked like a craze in Japan for plesiosaurs for a while. They were like obsessed with them, obsessed with finding them, uh, convinced that this was one of them. And I believed it was for the longest time. Like (laughs) if I could, I probably would have had a poster of this on my wall as a kid. Even though it's just a horrible rotting mess, <laughs> it's like this with like some stars and hearts around it. Japanese writing. <laughs> I, I believe in you. <laughs> it's like you know the you know the picture of the cat that's like hanging there. <laughs> yeah, the inspirational poster. <laughs> but it's Motivation. just this thing hanging there. Yeah, right hanging there. <laughs> I, how long is it going to take for me to whip that up and put it onto the Discord? Like not long. Come on, look at it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, so the yeah. Uh, it wasn't long before a Swedish scientist pointed out that it was more than likely just the rotting corpse of a basking shark. So if you take a picture of the very last picture I sent you, which makes perfect sense, uh, I still think it looks like a sea monster, but a lot of people do argue that it is just a basking shark. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, though. I thought sharks don't have bones. Do sharks have bones? I thought the whole thing with sharks is that there's cartilage only. Oh, I have no idea. Though I'm not I'm not sure from the picture if he has bones. So. Yeah. What do you think? What do you What are you thinking now? Do you think Baskin sharks are one goofy looking fellas, and I love them. They are. They are really funny looking. They are almost like prehistoric looking though. Basking sharks too. It does make sense when you look at it that it's a basking shark, or that it's a plesiosaurus. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, both, hang in both there. these are, you know, <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, I'm hanging in. Um, no, I mean it's it's a valid identification. I think. Yeah. If you were to go like, oh well, we need a we need a non-dino centric explanation the basking shark that has had a rough day <laughs> a rough day that's what it do be looking like <laughs> this has been yeah. rotting for longer than a day but yes I agree with you. I mean I don't know I mean like there's a childish part of me that still wants to believe it's a sea monster you know it would be great I mean like I feel if anyone's gonna find a, a sea whole... monster it's gonna be the Japanese right what I would like to point out to end the episode on a paranormal high is that we are still discovering large creatures in the ocean all the time uh that we didn't know existed or that we thought didn't exist anymore. And I think if there's anywhere that we're going to probably find a cryptid or something hiding on this earth, it's more than likely going to be in the ocean. For example, the Megamouth shark was only discovered in the 70s and that thing is huge. And it's only been spotted by humans like less than 100 times. So it's 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 one of those things that it's huge and we barely see it. We didn't even know it existed for the longest time. Then you also have the I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this properly. The Colacanth's fish. Colacanth's fish, which is in your favorite movie, Atlantis. 
Yes. So these fish were thought to have gone extinct in the Cretaceous period, which was around 145 to 66 million years ago, only to be discovered again in 1938. Its discovery, 66 million years after it was supposed extinct, makes the Colacanth the best known example of the Lazarus taxon, uh, which is an evolutionary line that seems to have disappeared from the fossil records, only to reappear much later. So this is a thing that has happened. And I think the goblin shark is now on that list too, where they thought it was extinct a long, long time ago. Because you think like 66 million years ago, there's no way they're going mis- to like make a mistake with that. <laughs> but it just reappeared like in the 1930s. Like, So this can happen, that they think that something has gone extinct. There's no evidence of it. And then it's just like, oh, we found it. <laughs> Did you see... Uh, I saw it came to me during the week, but it was like in 2019, there was an article written about a bird that essentially re-evolved itself back into existence. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I think birds have done that like more than once as well, which is terrifying. Yeah, like the Aldebra rail, it's called. It's like that um, whole thing of it, everything it, is trying to evolve into a crab. You heard that theory? <laughs> this is what peak performance looks like. It is. Like. For some reason, there's so many like sci- or, uh, sea creatures that are like basically evolving into crabs. <laughs> yeah, become crabs. They've yeah. just become crab. It's the ultimate form, apparently. But yeah, that it is really weird. There's so many things out there that are just amazing and uh it's not impossible for something to be out there like waiting to be discovered by humans in all honesty though it's just another reason to fear the sea like god knows what's out there god knows if it's going to eat humans like (laughs) i don't want to deal with this (laughs) embrace the discovery for so long i was upset that i was you know i always felt i was like born out of time to go exploring Eh, i don't think so we got ai you can explore the interwebs (laughs) <laughs> the digital world. That is not that is not the, the, the exploration that I that I I desire. Wait till we have VR, then you can do it. You can feel like you're actually. That, that's around. even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's everything I have on uh, military sea creatures. What do you think, Oshin? You think they're out there? Do you think it's possible that there's creatures out there that we just haven't discovered yet? Hundred percent. Plesiosaurus, hundred percent. Plesiosaur or something similar, I would think. Something similar. Really? I'm not going to say like Ooh. the the actual plesiosaur, but I'm saying like, you know. That kind of thing works in the water. I mean, there's a lot of like and, creatures you know, that you know look similar to the plesiosaurus as well that are also yeah. extinct. That a long neck boy, something long necked. Yeah, definitely. What about the mosasaurus, the reptile, the the crocodile looking thing that was launched out of the water? You think that was real? I don't know. That one's <laughs> tough. Also, uh, I never got to go back to you on the stone heads. You never gave me an answer on that. So it's been a few weeks. What do you think? Do you think the stone heads? Real or not real? Uh, I'm erring on cool, but not mystical. Boo! Boo! Definitely Celtic, though. Probably Celtic. (laughs) That is everything we have for this week. Thank you so much for watching the podcast, and we'll see you next Tuesday. See you then. Bye. Bye! Bye!